trains are bad news. Oh, man. Uh, who, who knew train? We got to make a positive. Tra- Thomas the Tank Engine. He he has a movie, I bet. And it's probably a fantastic movie. It's a murder but I bet mystery. Something. <laughs> a whodunit. That's going to be one of the uh, one of the two sequels to uh, Knives Out. Knives Out on Thomas. It's the movie toasty show here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We'll talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Welcome to episode 80 of Movie Toast News and Reviews, everyone. Big episode 80. We got some movies. We got some shows. We got some polls. We got so much. Dennis, how's it going? It is going fantastic, sir. I am enjoying my day. I am excited to share a couple movies with you, bud. This is episode 80, folks. 80. Look at this journey we've we've gone on. I It's it's nice changing that uh, that 10 digit, you know, like that's it feels mm-hmm. like a whole other benchmark to me. <laughs> oh, it's a big benchmark, all right. And like, we, I think we're at seventeen point two or three thousand downloads, which Woo-hoo. is not much for a big show. But for us, it's like we were just at sixteen a few shows ago, and look at us now, just chipping away at the now. mountain. <laughs> oh, guys, Dennis, should we tease what we're planning for May the fourth? We got some stuff brewing for Star Wars Day. Oh, oh man, I I am excited. Um, not only are we going to get to enjoy that those new series, including Bad Batch, getting posted, but we might be uh, we might be watching some Star Wars movies. We might be having some fun. Star Wars fun, of course. You know how much we love Star Wars over platform. here. Might have something over here on fucking the podcast. Might be something over on YouTube. Might even be something on Twitch. Who knows? We're I'm excited, man. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I uh, I I heard I heard you got some polls. Maybe. Oh, maybe. When don't I, Dennis? Always. Uh, so um, you're like, no, two episodes ago you had shit, dude. And it's like, you're right. You're right. My bad. Um, but yeah, no, like I just mentioned, we we talked about Godzilla vs. Kong last week. So I wanted to know if people were Team Kong or Team Godzilla. And uh, it was a 60-40. Where, where, oh. where are you at? I think I know where you're at. Um. Oh, you know, shoot. Actually, it's like I might. Okay, Kong. Kong. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Kong. I I was Team Kong too. So was our audience. 60% for Team Kong. Okay. Nice. 40 for Godzilla. Yeah. He was in the better movies. Like, I just, you know, just across, like, in general, you you sum all of them together. Kong was cooler. Godzilla is cool. Don't get me wrong. But we kind of. I think if it was maybe like the old school, (sighs) like Toho movies or whatnot, Godzilla might have had the upper hand but it's like dude this is 2021 now we also talked about a little show called falcon and winter soldier oh yeah let's know who kicked the most ass on episode three when we when we see sharon carter in zemo in full effect i think right yes yes the sweet sweet zemo dance moves which did you see i i i put on uh on our Twitter, uh, someone cut him dancing to Agatha all along. I'm like, ah, what a genius. <laughs> yes. It's all interconnected. Um, so I, I wanted to know out of uh, Sam, Bucky, Zemo, and Sharon, who kicks the most ass? And uh, everyone, it was a pretty good pretty good roundup on this, I think. Where, where do you land on this? Okay. Right off the bat, I got to say, it's kind of a toss-up for me personally between the Buckster and Zemo. Nothing against Sam. Okay. 
But Sam has a way mm-hmm. with words. I think I think that's one of Sam's strong suits. Bucky is not good at that's talking true. to people. Sam is Bucky's is, a man of action. Yes. Um, so that that's what that's the only reason why I said it that fast. Fair Sam's enough, still, fair enough. Sam, Sam can still hold his own just in that episode. All right. Cool, cool. And, and your other was Zemo, and we know he likes to shoot motherfuckers, and he likes to go insane with that fucking mask on. Yeah, he kind of he he kind of kicks some ass. I I like watching Zemo in action. I got to be honest, this is cool having uh, having the bad dude helping out our our boys. That it's right. it's been fun to watch. <laughs> It really has been like they're flipping the script. It's like, I, I dig it. So, um, so Sam came in 9%. So you got that right. Okay. Zemo came in 19%. Oh, really folks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, some, some of you thought so. All right. All right. So do you want to stick with Bucky as your number one spot? Yes, or sir. Do you want to switch it to Sharon. Well, Carter? actually, now that I'm saying that Sharon did have some pretty sweet moves. Like I said, I even even in our last review, I, I called out when she threw the knife through the dude's arm and pinned him ooh. to the like that was badass. And the when she yeah. had the pipe. Oh, oof. I, all right. Now that I'm hash. Now that I'm bringing those things back up, I feel like it is pretty close, but I'm still going to stick with Buckster. Old, all right. Old Bucky. All right. Bucky Barnes. The fucking Winter Soldier himself, the White Wolf, got 30%. Wow. Sharon Carter came in with 43% for the top spot. See, my issue with Sharon, though, is like, I feel like there wasn't, just didn't bring enough to the story for me. Her character isn't doing a Mm -hmm. whole lot for me in the show. When she fights, it's cool. Like, that she can do. That I'm I'm totally fine with. That was, maybe that's why I didn't uh, jump that direction right off the bat. It just, her character is just not that big a deal for me. Other, yeah. other than her fighting skill and like, OK, what else you got? Um, I feel like hopefully she's going to play a bigger role later on because, I mean, we got what, two episodes left, I think. But I think feel so. like there's stuff we don't know about her yet. So I don't know. I, at the at the end of the show, I'll give you some more speculation as to where I think uh, yeah. her character may go uh, as episode mm. four kind of drops a couple hints. But uh, yes. now I'm getting that, ahead of that's, things. That's the hook. That's the hook, Dennis. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. We're going to close it out with a little The Falcon and Winter Soldier talk. But I got one more poll for you. You cool with one more poll? Poll me. So I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was not expecting <laughs> All right. Okay. That that should be your new catchphrase. Bye, stay toesy. Poll me. <laughs> oh, man. Get that on a t-shirt or a cap. I never call them caps. All right. So anyways, um, I watched a movie. <laughs> Bumper stickers pull me. <laughs> oh, boy. Get little fucking pins for your like lapels and whatnot. Pull me. Oh, boy. We, we got a whole campaign. We can go with this. Nobody would buy it, but we, we'd have them. Right. We'd give them out as awards. That's what you get when you enter movie toast the festival that's right folks we got a movie festival coming up we want to see your flicks your short films go to filmfreeway.com backslash movie toast the festival once again that's movie toast the festival only on filmfreeway.com back to the polls dennis that was beautiful that was beautiful Ooh, it rolled right off the tongue man normally i'm like uh movies i'll watch it i liked it i hated it the movie that I watched last week and reviewed, The Unholy, was produced by fucking Sam Raimi. So I wanted to know what our audience thought was the best produced horror movie of Sam Raimi out of the following four. Crawl. That's the one with the fucking alligator in the house oh. and the girl stuck down there. Which uh, I liked yeah, that. that. That was a good one. 
and then don't breathe with the girl Ooh. who uh broke into the house with the fucking guy with yeah. the blindness and the girl in the turkey baser. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Strike me to hell. We got the girl oh, who fucking is Yeah, you got some Justin Long action. You got the creepy old woman. And then the classic, the evil dead, which come on, it speaks for itself. Yeah, enough said. It's so nice. You do it twice. He made he made it twice. Yeah. Oh. Uh so yeah, where, where where would you be? I felt like a lot of them were newer, but I'm like, gotta gotta stick to the classics as well. Oh man, you put me in a between a rock and a hard place. Um I like I guess my gut instinct is to just say evil dead. But it's almost like yes. because it's just the passionate filmmaker inside of me wants mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, this guy fucking made it. You know, he just he you know, uh, but you're talking about produced movies he produced. Yes. Uh Evil Dead. I'm just going to go with my gut. Evil Dead. Okay. All right. Mine would have been Don't Breathe, but it would have been a toss-up between Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell. I really like... I like them all. They're all... Yeah, those are all great um, movies. So, I'm going to stick with... I'll tell you how it goes. It's fucking 10% for Crawl. Okay. Nice. 20% for Drag Me to Hell. 25% Don't Breathe. And, of course, a staggering 45% for The Evil Evil Dead. Dead. It's it's a (laughs) no-brainer. I I know I I know I talk a lot about my work and stuff, but fucking sitting in a car with Bruce Campbell for a month and hearing stories about that and Evil Dead Two and Army of it was like you're in heaven, man. So if you ever get a chance to spend a month in a car with Bruce Campbell, people, do it because you won't regret it. Uh, That is so amazing. Stories. But um, Dennis, uh, speaking of amazing, I think it's time to start some reviews. You got something amazing for us off the top. I do actually. I kind of surprised myself with oh. this one. Um, uh, we last week we were talking about oh shoot, you know that there's kind of only so many new things coming out this week, and I was like, well, let's flip through the streaming services, and I want to pick something different. I just want to uh, kind of like a few weeks ago when I went to watch Johnny Mnemonic, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's what's going to grab my attention? So as I was browsing for something to take a risk on, something to give a chance. I came across a title that kind of gave me some of those uh, same vibes I got from Johnny Mnemonic. This is 1995's Virtuosity. Virtuosity. Weird name. Terrible name, actually, in my opinion. But (laughs) interesting cast. This is a film starring Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe, Kelly Lynch, William Forsyth, Louise Fletcher, and featuring probably one of the first few roles of Kaylee Cuoco ever. I was blown away by this. It's like, how how have I never seen this cast? I'd never heard of this movie before. Like I said, I was just scrolling through Hulu. Let's see what's going on. The description of the film caught my attention. Uh, A former cop is tasked with bringing down an Android who is the, uh, within his psyche are the personalities of 200 different serial killers from history. Brutal. I was like, all right, I'm hooked. Yeah. That's Um, pretty intense. Yeah. And, and like I said, it, this, the cast was staggering. I was just like, let's get into this. Um, this this uh, is a film that takes place in the near future, in the year of 1999. <laughs> and in, in this yeah, near future, there is a virtual reality system that is used to help train the police force. Russell Crowe plays mm-hmm. Sid 6.7. Now, at the beginning of the movie, this he's purely a computer program. Like I said, this is a tool used by LAPD to train their officers. The idea being with this personality constructed of all of these serial killers, they can create this virtual environment and train their police to handle the worst criminals and to try to sharpen their senses. But the technology is brand new. They're not even 
testing it on real police yet. They're testing it on prison inmates. Denzel Washington is one of those inmates. As poorly reviewed as other review sites give it and the Metacritic uh, scores and stuff, I honestly had a lot of fun watching this. This is not a film full of characters you're used to seeing this cast play. Russell Crowe, I don't remember seeing him play this kind of villain. Uh, The best comparison, like 90s Russell Crowe, after watching this movie, he totally could have been cast as the Joker in a Batman movie. Easily. After watching this, he even spends a good chunk of this movie in a purple suit. And he has this... this this really over the top crazy sounding cackling laugh and he's doing these crazy murders and they're all very like he's drawing all this attention and he likes he likes the public eye on him and he gets in front of tv cameras and he's tries to command an audience every time he kills someone it's a really cool cat and mouse game where denzel washington gets let out of prison so he can go track down this android it's it's an awesome movie i honestly had a great time is it cheesy? Sure. It is from 1995. Nice. So some of the graphics, uh, some of the CG is dated and stuff. But I mean, it's it was just a fun time. If you're willing to forgive some of the datedness of the uh, effects, I still think this is an excellent action movie. I had an awesome time watching it. I'm going to give Virtuosity three slices of toast. It, it was just like I said uh, before, I keep comparing it to Johnny Mnemonic. I just like this kind of a retro feel you get from watching these things. And this is a, this was a fun movie. Is it something I'm going to totally recommend to every Denzel Washington fan? I mean, it, maybe it's not his finest performance, but it's damn good. And it's showing the action badass that this guy totally ends up being many times over in several other films. Uh, and then, like I said, Russell Crowe's performance, that was very entertaining. Just getting to watch him be this really sadistic character that has no soul. I mean, he is a computer program. Uh, I had thought it had a fun soundtrack. The story was interesting. Um, that comparison to the Joker, I really don't think is far off. It kind of felt like watching a, a good Batman movie. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to tout this one. Why, why isn't this one of those little cult hidden gems that gets talked about? You know, go check it out. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Virtuosity, 1995. Nice. Again, I gave it three slices. Sweet. Not bad. I also watched an old school film. I watched a movie uh, written and directed by a young Peter Jackson. Oh, of, uh, you know, the <gasps> Lord of the Rings fame. I love it. But not 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 super early work of his. I mean, it's early on in his career. I watched a Michael J. Fox flick called The Frighteners. Oh, badass. It's about a man, a.k.a. Michael J. Fox, who is an exorcist of sorts. Like he's kind of a con man in ways. Oh. Like if like in the beginning we meet him and he kind of drives th- through someone's fence and fucks up their lawn and uh, gives the guy a card. He's like, Hey man, here's my business card. Uh, you just send me the bill. I'll pay for it. Don't worry. I'm so sorry about this. And then like later on, you see that guy at home and then there's like paranormal activity happening at his house. And, uh, then they call Michael J. Fox to come take care of the issue. And uh, he's like, oh, you, let's let me guess. Was things move around your kitchen, your table spinning around or this and that? He names a whole bunch of things. And like, no, no, none of that happened to us. It's like, well, what about your bed? Did your bed shake and move? And they're like, yeah, that happened to us. Like, whew, that's a classic one. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, and he's like, well, if you need help, I can get rid of them. 
I can try to catch the spirits. He does all this mumbo jumbo. He's going to bust him? And like, fine, how much is it going to cost? Yeah, he's he busting makes him fail good, Dennis. So he does try busting them. And like, so pretty much like, you know, it's very expensive. But if you uh, it's going to be about six, seven hundred bucks. But if you want to call it even for the fence, I'll do it for free. And he's like, fine, whatever you got to do, it, it just take care of it. So he, he, he kind of does this whole routine, catches the uh, the ghosts, their ectoplasm, this and that makes a whole show out of it. And then as he's leaving, he notices the guy the husband has like a number like engraved on his head. And he's like, Whoa, what's going on with your, what, why, why, why do you have num- a number on your head? And like the wife doesn't see it. The guy doesn't see it. They just like, he's crazy. Oh. And he's kind of concerned about this, but he leaves. Then he goes home and we see the ghosts that were attacking the house are in his back seat in his trunk. And he lets them out and you find out that they kind of go around causing trouble so he can go and bust them. AKA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, the next day, that guy with the number on his head is killed. He's he's dead. And uh, oh. other people that he sees with these numbers on his head are dying. And it turns out a, uh, a notorious serial killer who died in this town was coming back and killing people. And uh, Michael J. Fox, with the help of the uh, the husband and the other ghosts, are now trying to figure out what's happening. And, like, it's really fucking with Michael J. Fox. And, like this movie's kind of brutal like there's some pretty good scares like it's the early 90s i want to say uh, 96 so mid 90s but like it has your classic fucking peter jackson stuff the score is fucking fantastic it kind of reminds me of like some some uh, lord of the Rings style music physical production's good everyone's giving it 100 percent uh it has a unique lighting style and camera movements to it it's just a fun time um so I'm going to give the Frighteners. I love this movie as a kid, by the way. Like it was one of my favorites. And I, I've been saying for months, for years now, I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch it. And then I never watch it. But over the past couple of weeks, people have been talking about it. I'm like, fuck it. Now's the time to watch it. It's on stars. I'm doing this. Uh, so I'm going to give the Frighteners three slices of the toast. It nice. still holds up. It's a little it's it's not the best, but it's definitely fun to watch. So uh, if you get a chance to check it out. Oh, badass. Yeah. So, Dennis, you know, in movies, they the the actors, when they're like setting up lights and stuff and changing things, the actors kind of chill in the, the green room or their trailer or whatnot. And then they bring in people like called stand in. Oh, for sure. They kind of like look like the actors and whatnot. So uh, there's this uh, I want to say new movie. It came out last year. Uh, this movie called The Stand In starring Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore that I watched uh, oh. just hit Netflix. This movie is about an actress who's been around for a while. She's kind of like an Adam Sandler type. And we see her through her early work moving on. And like, you just see she's becoming more like, like she hates what she's doing. She's getting drunk. She's getting high. She just can't do it anymore. And like, she ends up doing something so bad. She, she just becomes a recluse. Like she disappears for years. And at one, like at this point later in life, she uh she didn't pay her taxes and she had to show up to court but she didn't show up to court for it so they said you know you gotta go to rehab and like like we see her stand-in who's been her stand-in pretty much her whole career she's kind of homeless living in her car trying to act but can't get any acting jobs and of course it's drew barrymore being herself so she looks slightly different they do some different stuff with her face and uh so drew barrymore the actress one calls her up it's not drew barrymore (laughs) she has a name but i fucking forget the name candy black or something like that she calls up her agent. She's like, hey, can you get me uh, info on the uh, my stand-in? And she calls the stand-in. And she's like, hey, I want you to play me. I want you to go to rehab for me. Because I would do it, but I can't. She's like, she, she's been following her passion. 
before she was an actress, she was a a woodsman, a, a, an architect of like wood. I, I don't know carpenter. why I can't think of the word right now. Uh, yeah, carpenter. She was a carpenter. So you see her making carpentry and stuff. Oh. And she's on a carpentry website. She's been talking to a guy for years. They're finally going to meet, but now she's going to go to jail. And she promises her, uh, Sandin, I'll, I'll pay you money for doing this. I'll, uh, I'll take a job and you can have half the money of it. And that's that. So the, the sand is like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. And she, uh, she does it. And then she goes on an apology tour, uh, the sand in and pretends to be Drew Barrymore. Cause Drew Barrymore doesn't want it, but she's like, fine, you can do it. Well, uh, you can take half the cash for it. People love her. Cause she's kind, she's happy. She's excited to be there. And she's slowly starting to like trying to take over Drew okay. Barrymore's life. And then it becomes a total 180 and like Drew Barrymore, you hate in the beginning and then you kind of like her, but this lady kind of starts ruining her life. I don't, I, Dennis, I, I don't know if you can hear <laughs> voice, but I just don't have the nerve to talk about this movie. It, it's a comedy, but I literally laughed never, not even once. Oh. There's nothing oh, comical. God. It was kind of painful. Uh, I don't, it's just a rough one. I'm going to give the stand in one slice Ooh. of toast. I'm like, don't, don't. <laughs> If it's like the last thing you want to watch, sure. So who let the dogs out on that one, Dennis? I I, I can tell you a whole lot of people think they did in uh, my next review. (laughs) What's that? Well, let me tell you a story. This is a tale of minds who have been battling for years over a title that they claim is theirs. This is this is a this took years to tell. And it's a fight that may actually heat up again one day because new new enemies have stepped into the fray. Friends have turned against each other. Oh. It it was an epic journey. But I'm talking about the documentary Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> this tells the story. Wait, like the Bahamut? Yeah, the, the Bahamut. So this is a documentary okay. about the mystery of who created the song Who Let the Dogs Out. It's easy. It's easy just to assume the song. I mean, you know it. Uh, Who let the dogs out by yeah. Baja Men? Huge hit, worldwide success. I mean, it launched this uh, this tiny tiny uh, musical group to this huge career where they were able to travel the world. But there's a there's a lot of people who like to say they had a hand in the creation of the song. And what's what's this always happens. Oh, sure. Come on. This has got to be bullshit. Right? Uh, I mean, at first, it seems easy. To, it, it seems pretty clear cut. Uh, here's the producer who claims he wrote it. And, and then you go to the they actually uh, interview the Baja men. And they're like, yeah, we never we never claimed oh. we wrote the song. We had, our producer wrote it for us. He brought the song to us. That's just how it works. And it's like, sure, that is how, huh. you know, that's how a lot of artists work. Yeah. Um, the guy who's kind of the host of it, or our, our guy who wrote, he actually wrote the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um. He's he's our guide through it, but he's just as much a part of the story as the song is itself, really. Um, and that I wasn't expecting off the bat, but I, I appreciate it. First few minutes were a little cheesy. He's uh, he's kind of setting the stage for you. And he's um, he's been working on uh, he's been researching the song for eight years. But he finds mm-hmm. some very interesting stuff. So the song came comes out in I believe it was 98. There and he played within the film. They play three, four, five year old uh hip hop and rap tracks from underground artists who f- have the beat they have the lyrics or almost the same lyrical content as the song and you're like there's hmm. there's no way this isn't just ripped off clearly this has been lifted and he starts following the chain the thing that caught his eye about the wikipedia entry was that 
the song was heard by a hairdresser named Richard. And that was it. There was no, there's no link. There's no last name. He's just like, well, who's this Richard guy? So he just starts following the breadcrumbs and starts following the trail backwards. And as he keeps going deeper and deeper, the road gets wider and wider. And you find more and more people who all lay claim. Here's two best friends who started suing each other over rights to it. There's another group who, although they could have tried suing, um, they didn't have enough proof to show that the, that their song was theirs first, other than having an album released earlier. Uh, it's nuts. By the mid-90s, there's like six versions of this song before the Baja Men version was ever recorded. And it goes huh. deeper. It goes even further back. It's And it's nuts to see um, how many influences there are. Like... It, it was really a fun a fun journey to go on. I had a fun time watching it. It's a really quick movie. It's only about 74 minutes, uh, but it it feels oh. longer in a good way. Like, I just feel like you're getting a lot of information, but it's told in such a kind of fun manner. I really liked the journey. And it the movie felt like I was falling down a Wikipedia rabbit hole in the best possible way. I don't <laughs> have to click on anything. I don't have to follow the links myself. You're doing it for me. Um it was a really fun journey to go on. It, it was kind of uplifting at the end. I, I got to say, I, not not what I was expecting at all. And I, for, again, it was another film I watched on a whim. This was on Hulu as well. Uh, I'm going to give Who Let the Dogs Out three and a half slices of toast. This was a fantastic documentary. Oh, wow. It was made in uh, 2019. Uh, it's a quick watch. I highly recommend it. If you've nodded your head to the song ever. Or if you've ever remote, showed remote interest in slightly enjoying that song, I highly recommend watching it. It's just a fun time. You, you kind of sold me on that. I mean, a Wikipedia hole that you don't got a deep dive, a fucking YouTube hole yeah. that you don't got a deep dive. It's just given to you in a comedic form and about something so mundane that you'd never would think about since like the the, in the early 2000s. I mean, I guess it came back into into fame they played it in uh the hangover when when fucking allen's looking cool coming out they're about to they start show that nightclub. clip of the yeah, movie since then who's they show that, that clip song? of the movie in the documentary really? there's a whole segment where they just do a quick montage of look at all of these references like it's so do they have do they have the uh trailer for snow dogs the cuba gooden jr movie that's all I, i've never seen it but i remember they had that song in the trailer <laughs> Where's those dogs? They're eating the house. Why don't you pack up your big city butt and go back? Oh, oh, let go! Let go! <laughs> I always think of that movie when I hear that song. It, uh, oh, it, it, there's a lot. There is a lot of stuff like that. Um, it, it is just a good time. I yes. highly recommend it. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that, and I'll, uh, I'll raise oh, you God. some. All right. So, Dennis, as you know, the Earth is fucking turning to shit. And and it's it's a desperate world and like things are just getting worse and worse throughout time. And I watched a movie that takes place, I want to say in 2063. And there's a new world that is discovered, not a new world, a new planet that would take about 83 years to get there. And uh, the government or some organization decides, let's make some test tube babies, keep them in small rooms, train them as since they're born to to work in this like tight space never let them see the outside world uh and oh just like breed these kids to have kids to then take over their mission and then their grandchildren will eventually land on this planet and then we'll start habitating a new world over the next 83 years that's the premise of this movie called voyagers uh it stars oh, damn. uh one, one of the the only uh 
adult on board here is played by um, Colin Farrell. He's kind of like the kids, like their their teacher slash mentor. Like there's a scene like where you see them as like probably four or five year olds. They're in like a little classroom type thing. And they are, they all like see him come in the door and they, they all get giddy and they run up and they're like, Richard, they all hug him. And you can tell that he has a bond and he loves these kids. And initially they were just going to send the kids by themselves. But he's like, I have nothing here on earth. These oh, kids mean the world to me. I want to make sure they're safe. I want to make sure everything's good. Let me go with them. And they're like, fine, you can go with them. And he's like, and so they, they're off to the races. And then the kids are grown up and they're, they're going out. The, the, it stars Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One. Uh, I hear he's also in this okay. new George Clooney movie called The Tender Bar that comes out sometime. I don't know. I, I heard about that. Oh, uh, there's this, where do we heard that? I don't know. Uh, Johnny Depp's <laughs> daughter, uh, Lily Rose Depp, isn't it? Um, she's uh, okay. where I know her the most is from uh, Tusk and uh, this movie Yoga Hosers. And these oh, kind of Smith movies. Course. Um, then there's this guy, I think he's cool with the kids. I don't know him, but, uh, his name's like, uh, Fionn Whitehead. I don't, I don't know. There's so many kids. I don't know where they're from. They're probably all from TV shows or whatnot, but so they're going up there. You see them. They're all kind of like sedated. It feels like they're all serving a purpose. There's nobody's doing anything out of the net, out of the blue. They're not, they're, they're sitting in the mess hall eating. They're not talking to one another. They're not having a good time. You see them. <clears throat> they're all like sitting in bed waiting for the alarm to go off to start their day. They're all just kind of blank and mute and bored. And then uh, when they're doing this botany thing, one of them, uh, one of the guys, uh, he realizes, oh, there's this like chemical that's messing up the the, the growth of these flowers. And uh, Colin Farrell's like, oh, I just change out the filter. But he's like, yeah, but the thing is, it's not coming from the water. It's coming from us, from like our sweat. Something inside of us is, is causing a chemical reaction. And him and his best oh. friend put together like every day they got to take this this like blue drink type medication that they called the blue. And they do a little research and they find out that they've been being sedated. They've been given this like drug that like kind of sedates them. They have no sexual urges, no nothing that any normal teenager would have. OK. And so inhibiting a lot of. Things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, OK. And it's kind of okay. like a mind fuck. So him and his friend stop taking it. They pour it out and you see they're kind of getting more aggressive they're wrestling you see interest in 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 some females on the ship and they kind of they wrestle they're running around having a good time and then word gets out that oh maybe maybe we shouldn't be drinking this blue but nobody really listens and then like there's this major power outage that happens uh on the ship and uh ty sheridan and uh colin farrell have to go outside to fix it and um Something happens that kills Colin Farrell and now the kids are left alone. Their, their ship is all fucked up and someone's like, I saw it. There's an alien that killed it outside, uh, killed him outside. And now it's on board and it's kind of like slowly. It's like, is there what's going on here? And like, it kind of hmm. becomes like Lord of the flies on a ship. There's the, the people, they, they all slowly stop taking the blue and it's like, people are fucking, people are like fighting. People are almost killing other people. And like, it's just interesting to watch. It's like an experiment gone, gone wrong. And like tables are turned, best friends are fighting one another. It, it's so weird. And it's, it kind of feels like a movie that should be a slow burn, but it's not. And it's, it's so interesting. Like, okay. it was pretty good. I don't know. I've heard some people said, oh, I've heard bad things, but I really dug this movie. Voyagers, I'm going to give it three and a half slices of toast. <laughs> It, it was really good. I I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but 
just like uncovering what really happens and what had happened and if they're going to survive really kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Damn. Nice, man. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. now you got me to add a movie to my queue. That's for sure. <laughs> good. Good. Um, now I'll talk to you about a movie that you can watch uh, available on Netflix. The movie Thunder Force starring Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer directed by Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone. So I watched this movie, but I'll preface it today when I was uh, in the office for a little bit. I overheard my boss talking to my, uh, someone else and they're like, yeah, they, they literally ripped the words out of my mouth. They're like, yeah, I don't think Melissa McCarthy should star in her husband's movies. I'm like, you guys talking about Thunder Force? And I'm like, yeah, you watch them. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, so no. that, like, that's where I'm going to start this review for you guys. Um, But I will say this movie, um, I, I was intrigued because Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, it's like a superhero movie. Uh, and I, I listened to uh, Ben Falcone on some podcasts. He says he's like a big comic book fan he's been reading comic books his whole life so this was something that really spoke to him so i'm like ah, cool that's notch in the good category for me so it's about like um back in i want to say the 80s like this like asteroid came to earth and hit chicago and like made people evil it gave them all powers and uh they killed uh someone with powers killed octavia spencer's mother as a kid and so she she vouched from that day on she'd find a way to stop them and uh of course, she meets in school. She's a loner. Uh, this other loner played uh, Melissa McCarthy, befriends her, and you see, like, they're kind of odds. But the cute thing here, like, in the beginning, the first version we see, we see them as, like, young kids and like, maybe middle school. Then we see them in high school. Then we see them as them. But uh, the first version of Melissa McCarthy's character is played by her her youngest daughter, I guess. Looks just like her. It, it's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So... Uh, they they, they kind of had a falling out in high school, the two best friends. And uh, because Melissa McCarthy really wanted uh, Octavia Spencer to go to party and have fun with her. And she's like, I can't. I got to I got to focus my life to finding a way to get rid of these bad guys to avenge my parents. And so they kind of just split ways. And then it's like the 20, 30 year reunion, something like that. And Melissa McCarthy like texted her. She's like, are you coming to the fucking the reunion she's like yeah i'm actually in town we find out that she's in town she has a big office set up in town and she doesn't show up to the uh reunion so melissa mccarthy goes to her office and then she's she's in an area that octavia spencer leaves for a second she's like don't touch anything of course melissa mccarthy comic genius has to touch things sits in a chair that she thinks is a massage chair bang bam boom she's stung with some fucking uh needles she's injected with some stuff she kind of blacks out and everyone's freaking out at her. Turns out she was taking a dose of something that Octavia Spencer was going to take that gives her superhuman force and strength. And uh, if she doesn't continue with like the next 40 uh, doses of it, she could die. So we see her slowly becoming a, a badass, uh, powerful lady kicking ass. Uh, and then clearly after they train for a while, there's some fun gags and whatnot. Um, they, they form a team called the Thunder Force. And uh, to let you know, like... One of the villains is a uh, man who's dry witted and uh, has lobster claws. Uh, and, oh my god! But the thing that really sells me on this, I, it's super cheesy. Even the claws are cheesy. But he's played by Jason Bateman, so I'm like, he, <laughs> he sells the shit out of it. His dry wit, okay. and then like, because we meet them at like a uh, a liquor store is being robbed, and like Melissa McCartney and him have like this weird like vibe going on there's a weird like musical number between the two of them like set in an 80s theme where like they show him as a mullet he has a mullet she's dressed up like the 80s like sexual tension yes yeah 
Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's just wacky as shit. And like, I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's a terrible movie, but it's also like a guilty pleasure type movie. I will say Ooh, it's okay. not as bad as I expected, <laughs> but it's definitely not what I wanted. Jason Bateman really stole the show here, but it's like, they just let Melissa okay. McCarthy run her mouth and say these one liners that it's like, you know, they should have cut, cut the camera at one point, but they just stay a little longer to let her say some one-liners and they're funny one-liners, but it's like, this isn't really necessary. It's like, and fucking Octavia Spencer doesn't get much to do in this. And she's one of the stars of the movie. And I don't know. There's twists that, yeah, there's twists that you can see it coming a mile away, but overall I didn't hate it. I definitely will never watch it again, but uh, <laughs> if you're a kid and you're listening like a young kid, you might enjoy it. If you're, looking for a family movie you would watch with your kids and your, your 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 small infants and not infants but i was gonna say your your elderly uh, family members i don't know you might like it so i'm gonna give thunder force two slices of toast not not bad for one one and a half but two in the middle i think okay okay it's, i was gonna say it's, it's, it sounded a little labored getting through the review i was curious to see what number you're gonna land on with this yeah. one because it's like it's like clearly it hooked you, but it did, but it, not it, enough. Okay. It's 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 no Marvel movie, I'll tell you that, Dennis. I feel like Marvel's definitely doing some more risquier things these days. Oh, but, they're they're definitely raising the bar, and I would say this week's episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier ooh, raised the bar. Ooh, yes, ladies and much gentlemen. Better than last week. Oh yes, yeah. If if you if you are caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four listen to this uh but we're gonna spoil some stuff here so if not thanks for listening we'll see you next week really appreciate the download um but if you watch the show or if you want to hear about it let's let's give a deep dive here dennis what happened what's the plot of this episode well we're picking things that we just witnessed um a pretty horrific attack the flag smashers they blew up a building with soldiers inside of it and they've now they've taken lives and a public scale they they're showing which side they're on and they're not afraid to show their true colors and it's getting scary new cap getting kind of frustrated mm-hmm. not a big fan of uh, getting left out of uh, the circle of bucky and sam he's he's getting pretty pissed off and then uh zemo although he still seems to be on board for trying to help the guys out because his motivation is hating super soldiers just as much He's finally started to show a little bit. Maybe he's not always uh, maybe he does have other interests at heart, you know? Um, Yeah, I haven't seen him commit any sort of betrayal uh, up until this episode, kind of. Um, And I love that we finally get to see uh, our our, uh, Wakanda sisters (laughs) show up to the party. Oh, dude. When I saw them at the end of the last episode, I'm like, I don't know about these ladies. But they just kick ass and they I would watch a show of these ladies. These ladies were so phenomenal. If they do half of what they did in this episode in Black Panther 2, I mean, I'm already on board because I want to see what they're going to do with the loss of Chadwick and whatnot. And I hope Sherry takes over the mantle. But if I just saw a movie with these ladies or a show with these ladies, I would be fucking... They could have my money, man. These ladies were so badass. Oh, yeah. That, I, I think that was probably one of my favorite. Uh, that was one of my favorite fights that we've had. Even like so far in the series, just that display of, of strength and discipline because mm-hmm. they are not super soldiers. They are not genetically enhanced people. They are no. just that awesome. 
And I like, love, they and literally just, take down the, the flag smashers. They take down our heroes. They take down Cap. They, uh, they, they, they penetrate Cap's shield. They rip off Bucky's arm. They make the fucking super soldiers uh, run like hell. The flag smashers. They, yeah, they can't stop these ladies. And they're holding back too. That's the thing that's hilarious about it. They could fucking kill everyone if they wanted, but they should oh easily restraint. There is, I, I, I just got to mention, I love the, just the little flex of comedy we got to appreciate. I mean, between uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, they already mm-hmm. have great chemistry, but I just love what Daniel Brule brings to the table with Zemo. Yes. There's just those little things. Like when the fight started and he just kind of slid oh, into the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> Shut it. Well, they're busy. So <laughs> just, there's this episode in particular does have a lot of big moves um i love that scene of actually approaching the funeral because that easily could have gone i mean it didn't exactly go the right way but i mm-hmm. appreciated sam doing his best to try to have a diplomatic yes. approach that, he did right, what they, he did best that was we gotta talk about this so the head of the the the, the flag smashers he kind of he sees something in her he knows she's not fully evil he kind of looks at her kind of like some of the war vets that he's worked with she's seen some things she's been through some stuff he thinks he can break through with her and he's trying to get her on his side and she's trying to get him on her side but they they yeah. kind of have a good moment together. But then the new fucking Captain America or uh, U.S. agent John Walker comes in and he fucks it all up big time. Oh, yeah. And you see his frustration building more and more as like the episode rolls on. It that was really cool. I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Wyatt Russell with the more I see of him. Yeah, I enjoy. I mentioned this in other episodes. I really enjoyed him in Overlord. But this is we're finally starting to see a very different character i like what they're doing and the more he he's he's like being defeated and kind of going to the dark side a little bit he starts yeah. off clean shaven now you're seeing him with stubble i'm like oh man and that he's gonna get a beard man he's gonna be grizzly i'm, I'm wanting that beard man like you, you just see his look is changing even the little yeah. slight hints in his eyes and his his facial movements i was gonna say so, his eyes too it's it's like it's it's like his soul is slowly slipping away and you see it in his eyes first it went from he had all that fire. He was the Good Morning America. He was all about yep. it. All of that's gone. This is especially with what happens later in the episode. Oh you, yeah, you finally his humanity is finally broken, and <laughs> anything that was good that was left is clearly been stripped out of him. And oh man, oh uh, uh, yes. So Harley, our, the our flag uh, smasher terrorist, she. She gets away. She's trying to get away from Cap. Cap has had enough, and he's and well, Walker has had enough, and he he wants to put her down now. Yeah, but before even all this happens, like there's a scene where uh, is it is it uh, his sidekick or is it someone accidentally kills one of her people or someone gets killed and everyone in the room just stops like at this big brawl, someone gets killed and like it's like the air's taken out. Everyone's like, oh shit, we didn't want anyone to die. Like. And it was what, yeah like Battle the start. bad guys the bad guys have a little bit of like oh shit the good guys have a little bit of oh shit our new cap uh has a little bit of oh shit like everyone it's like this is human a human just died in front of everyone and there's remorse but that doesn't yeah. slow the story down it gives the flag smashers a, a chance to escape and while they're escaped i might say one of my favorite scenes is uh, that that the, the the leader of the flag smasher she calls up Sam's sister yeah. and she's like hey I'm blah 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 and she, the sister's like yeah I know who you are and she's like 
I just want to know if I should kill your brother or not. And like, and then like, she kind of has, she's, she kind of has a moment that these two women have a very powerful moment in this show. And like, uh, the sister is kind of like, yeah, I can assure you no matter what, my brother is not working with this new captain America and he's an honest guy. Give him a chance. And, and then, uh, the flag smasher woman asks her a question about like, well, you'd do anything for America and this and that. And she's like, why they've treated me like shit. And she's like, yeah, I kind of like you. You're kind of like me. And I'm like, what a great fucking moment. It's a quick scene, but it's just so beautifully done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it makes me enjoy each character even more. I'm easily becoming more of a Aaron Kellyman fan. Her mm. uh, depiction as uh, Carly is awesome. It's very powerful on screen where she can still have the soft, approachable edge when she's speaking to her family, when she's speaking to those she's trying to help. She puts that mask on and mm-hmm. he do not want to fuck with her. She has all of the best intentions in her heart and she believes in everything she's doing. So you would not want to get in her way. That's for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Very excited to see where this character goes. But she, when she, she sees she goes a step too far when she realizes the man she punches in that fight scene is not a, a super, is not enhanced like she is. And I think that's mm-hmm. really what was happening was they were, they just realized uh, Walker has injected himself with the serum. He's now as strong as them. And in one scene, we see him throw his shield and half of it is embedded into a cement wall. Yeah. So we now it is acknowledged. Oh, fuck. We are going toe to toe with a super, a souped up captain in America again. <laughs> um, and I think I, the way I interpreted uh, the way uh, Battlestar went down was she was just in that zone of I'm fighting against someone who's as strong as me. And she just punched. And it was as simple as that. I, I believe that is why they all reacted the way they did. It's we needed to get you guys to back off so we could try to run. But instead, yep. she punched a human way too hard and killed him instantly. Yep. That was brutal. And that, oh, that scene with the bloody shield. Oh, that's so. Oh, man. So the flag smashers, all these guys run in different directions. And and John Walker is pissed. He runs after one in full public. People out and about having a great day. He just fucking uses the shield and bashes this guy. And we don't know where, but he's killing this guy. I think he's decapitated. That's what I thought, too. The blood is only on that edge. Right around the neck. Yep where his body is perched oh. on the step on the steps. It's like, he just straight uh-huh. up cut his head off in front of a crowd of people, people with their phones out recording. Yep. Cell phones. And, yep. Yep. And, and everyone, everyone witnesses it. Uh, yeah. He our, now is not the cheerful. And earlier we see him and, and, and his best friend, they're at like a train station and people are like, Oh, can I get your autograph? And he's like, it's shit's going down, but he, he puts on a happy demeanor. He's a cool guy. And then at this point, everyone now sees him for who he is, a stone cold killer. And I don't know. He made me like him more. It's like, holy shit. Now we knew he was going to be a big bad, but it's like, now he really is a big bad. He killed a fucking yes. person. And this it, guy, the flag smasher is like, I didn't do it. Please don't. I I'm sorry. I, nobody meant to kill him. It, like, there was humanity coming out of this man and he yeah. just showed no remorse. It was so brutal. Yeah. I, I got to give it to this show. They did a great job of you really understand the perspective of why everyone is doing what they're doing. Their motivations are sound. Um, the, the, all these blip people who have no place to go, they just, de- their, their lives too. They deserve to, to have a place to live, to have jobs, to have, all of the things that they had taken away from them. 
uh, great representation on all sides. And then now to have this villain that when we are first introduced to him, he actually was likable. But now we're seeing him. Mm -hmm. Oh, great show. Like I said, this episode is so much better than the last one. uh More than made up for the slow grind that I feel like we got last last week. And to me, I I watched this episode. I want to say I think it was like uh, I want to say Saturday morning. A lot of people without spoiling it, like really, really. We're talking about how great it was. And like, I saw a picture of Cap holding the bloody shield. I'm like, something's going down. And the whole time, you know that fucking John Walker is going to like snap. But it's like, why would he snap? Why? What's going to drive the point? It's like his best friend being killed. That's going to do it. It's like, you fail for him. And oh, God. The episode started so slow to me. Like, it was cool. He was talking to the woman that helped, like, really get the uh, whole super soldier, Nazi style uh, Hydra uh brainwashing stuff out of them like and there's a whole that was a cool scene i liked it that was really yeah sorry but i felt like after that happened it slowed down a little bit and then things just ramped up and they just kept going and going and you're at the top of the roller coaster at the end of this episode it was great absolutely oh 100 actually I, i hate to admit i kind of forgot about that opening scene but i mean that struck a chord with me i loved the i immediately appreciated the gravity of what was happening so it's definitely that is a mark. I will say if you were to try to watch the series without watching the movies, that would scene would mean almost nothing where, yes, we heard the code words the previous episode. There was no weight behind it. You just you just knew it was something important. And then, yeah, you see you see Bucky breaks down when he hears these words because he he's afraid of what's coming. And I love that reveal of like it's fine. It's like the spell is broken that that like that sweet release of, I don't have to constantly live in fear of these words anymore. Uh, It was powerful, but again, only powerful. I think if you've seen enough of the films to appreciate what is playing right in front of you. And how genius is that? At the end of civil war, we see uh, Steve drop him off and we see him kind of in Wakanda. And then we, we in what is it? Uh, infinity war we kind of see him coming out of that and it's like we'd never expect i never expected to see what happened in the interim and just the small fight oh, yeah. scene that they set up here it's like holy fuck we now can do go back and course correct and see things that took place in a timeline that we know and love and get more in-depth stories it's so genius what they're doing over there absolutely and there's and the way they've set it up you don't have to go to like the black panther's court you don't have to be mm-hmm. in you know, in the dead center in his kingdom to tell the story. In fact, you need to be as far away from possible because Bucky won't feel safe in the in the public. He won't feel like he, he will be afraid he will hurt someone. And that is that's what's said right off the bat. And I yeah. love you've you've contained it now. Yes, he's in Wakanda, but he can be isolated and we can we can come back and see more of this story. And I'm curious to see mm-hmm. if uh, we will get to see more peaks into this period of time, because, um, yeah, he was he's he's lived a brutal life. He's, he can carry himself, but this was easily when he was at his weakest, with his most exposed to the people around him. You know, he's fully letting his guard down. And the fact that she knew the words and was reciting them to him and mm-hmm. in a way he was letting her like, he's, let's be honest, he wants to know if he's finally been broken of that, too. Oh, and he great. was doubting it. He's like, this isn't going to do shit. This isn't going to change anything. And she's like, let's just try it. And she was right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was. Oh, oh man, for beginning to end, it's funny. I feel like we kind of talked about the episode backwards, but it doesn't matter yeah. at all. It was, it was, it cool. was solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great episode. Can't wait to see what happens in the next two episodes. But Dennis, I, I have some late breaking news I saw here pop up uh, 
some some sad news. Uh, it's not like a death, but it's kind of like a death. You mind if I jump in with a little news? Oh, please, man. And it doesn't affect a lot of our audience. I don't know, but it affects if you're in Los Angeles. Uh, it, it's a pretty shitty situation. Um, apparently, uh, ArcLight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters have announced they're not going to be opening up again. Uh, these big chains, like some oh, of the biggest things in, in the in, in Southern California, are closed indefinitely because of oh. COVID in 2020. Like the arc light is they're like super bougie, but like they're the Cinemarama Dome, the a lot of movie premieres. It's yeah. like the staple, the the creme de la creme. And it's like and then Pacific Theaters, they're everywhere. Like that was one of our our hot spots, like in yeah. college. Like it's so crazy to think these are big chains. Like nobody's talked about these these theaters not come back. Everyone thought, oh, AMC, they're not gonna come back, but AMC is kind of thriving and these big, big, big chains just couldn't survive. It's scary, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it, it'll be I really I mean, I really doubt anything will happen to the structure, but yeah, it's meant to, it's meant to show us movie. You know, that is a place we're meant to go. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope those doors can open again soon. It is an yeah. incredible location um, the, as well as well as the others. It is an experience going to these places. I, lo- I always like going to Arclight because one of their mm-hmm. hooks is that they like to um, display props and wardrobe from the films that are currently being screened. Like the things that are in the theater right now are the, are the costumes that they will have on display. And um, they'll have incredible original poster artwork and they'll do really interesting display. This is a movie theater for movie fans. And I know every movie theater mm-hmm. should be like that, but this is truly in that direction. They're movie lovers that run it. And it, it's a it's a shame thinking that they might not ever open up again. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So I'm hoping hoping someone comes in and buys them or or bails them out like i i'm sorry i know this is a weird way to end the episode uh but i just it, it kind of shocked me a little yeah bit. well i mean uh, theaters are opening back up and in some places i know some of our listeners are yeah. i've been so opportunity you know i've had that opportunity like you have to finally start getting back into the butts and seats and it's a, still pretty new for some of us so i i haven't done so quite yet but i'm hoping to soon um mm-hmm. Oh, man, and that's but that's really too bad. Yeah, I'm crossing fingers and toes myself. You know, I, I really hope yeah. they come back. Like, I don't I don't even live there anymore, but I'm I'm kind of uh, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's something you never would expect to kind of. Yeah, close. for sure. But that's just the way the way the road, isn't it? Sometimes it's just how things go. But, you know, it's it's up to you guys, too. Let's let's uh, try to keep these movies going uh, the way the industry yeah. runs. We got We are the ones who got to keep the lights on. Now, sure, mm-hmm. we got to keep things safe and sensible. But and when the time comes, we we should return to theaters. But do, um, I, I just got to drop something out there. Make sure you're paying for your content. I know this sounds kind of mm-hmm. redundant, but I know it's easy to to download this or that or to get a hold of whatever you're trying to watch for free. But you got to keep in mind, there's people on the back end who get the stuff made. Uh, us, yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, and I and, both. Our jobs are actually are are in your hands a lot of the times. So please, folks, do the right thing. Pay for what you're watching. Pay for your media. Uh, if you enjoy it, show the creators this is what you enjoy by rewarding them with what they deserve. Yeah, and that's why, like over the pandemic, it's like, all right, movies aren't open, but movies are coming out. I'll, I, that's why I'm like, I'll spend the twenty bucks. I'll spend twenty five bucks on a movie because they're still getting a revenue. Like, or some movies that are now streaming and in theaters. I'm like, I still want to give the the makers, the movie makers, money. I want them to know that people are out there. And yes, oh, man, tell it, them it, yes, yeah. this was a good movie. Yes, you did do a good job. They're not going to know otherwise. 
Your your torrent mm-hmm. is not helping them. So you're not that not that movie you really liked will never be made again, or nothing in that tone will ever be approached again if you keep stealing that content. So please, please, please. And it's easy to say, I'm just one person. It's not going to affect. It does. It, it really, really does. It's it's crazy to think about, but it's like, yeah, man, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sore subject. Fuck and I, I'm not going to lie, back in the day, back in the day, I pirated things. I sure things, I watched things. But, you know, I, I, I matured and I realized, fuck, yeah. I got to. I get to spend the money. It's, okay, man. It's, we're all dumb kids once in a while. And then we realize what it is yeah. we're doing. So mm-hmm. let, let's, let's grow up together and stop hey. stealing movies. Hey, let's start making movies, guys. If you guys made, made movies, or even if you made short films, why, why don't you put them in film festivals? Dennis, don't you love film festivals? I do. I does. In fact, we is movie toast. The festival is coming to you oh, this yeah. December. We are accepting submissions now. Uh, we've had submissions <laughs> open since January, and they're still they're still going. The price is slowly creeping up, though. So the sooner you enter, the cheaper it will be. But don't you worry. We're not we're not cash grabbing here. We're just trying to make sure we get everyone in in a timely manner. We can assemble a fun and entertaining festival for you this December. We shall host Movie Toast the Festival, and it is going to feature your short films. Any genre is welcome. We have a few already set aside, but I don't want you to think your thing doesn't belong here. Please come check us out on filmfreeway.com. It's it's going to be a fun time. I'm really excited to show you everything that's been submitted so far, and I'm excited to see what else you got left. We still got plenty yeah, of We room. can't wait to toast your films man our logo and whatnot where we're toasting a toaster but it's also a toast to how great movies are and we want to toast your flicks whether they're big small as long as there's a unique cook i'll tell you there's one in there that i'm like i it started watching i'm like oh this is two minutes it's like on cell phone footage but then by the end i was crying my ass off i'm like oh man this is definitely in the festival so it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it has a hook and something catchy it could get in absolutely be bold Throw it in there. Throw your hat in the ring. You never know what comes out the other end, man. It's it, it's uh, it's going to be fun. This should be interesting. There's there's already excellent yeah. stuff, but I am I am excited mm-hmm. to share it with you. And if you want to find out more about that or if you want to hear different things uh, from us, uh, check out our social medias. We're at YouTube and Facebook at Movie Toast News and Reviews, but we're also on Discord, Reddit, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Movie underscore Toast. Um, and yeah, like we said, we got a May 4th uh, celebration coming up soon. Um, Dennis, what the hell are we forgetting here? I, I feel like there's so much, but I, I can't think of it all right now. Well, we do have one thing to request of you listeners. Please. Uh, is it for reviews? Uh, can you review us on Apple Podcasts? Is that what you're going to say, Dennis? Because we could use those reviews. Uh, I, yes, that is what I was going to say. How about you come and give us a review on Apple Podcasts? Because we like to be informed of what you think of the show. Keep us in the know. Let us know what you think. I feel like from your answer, you're going to say something else. And I'm I sorry was. I stunted that. What, I what were you going to say, Dennis? You know what I was going to say? I was going to tell you to stay toasty. Now I know what our editor needs to do. We need to make him start a new fucking batch of Thomas uh, skits. <laughs> and cut in some George Carlin and Ringo Starr just oh. talking. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs>
And then to be more like a uh, Godzilla vs Kong, then we'll bring the magic school bus in for a fucking special <laughs> episode. And see who has who is it, Miss uh, Miss fucking Frizzle versus the the conductor. I don't know if Mr. Conductor, Mr. Conductor. Yeah, is it? I think his name is only ever Mr. Conductor throughout the series. 